That song gets me fired up every time. What about you, Pearl? I think that song was a straight trash fire. Yep, you would because you don't have any taste in, in, in quality music or entertainment. Her favorite movies, guys, the American Pie series, but only the later ones, like three and four. That's a lie. I've never even seen those movies. Either way. Hey, it's uh, the second episode of Growing Up With a Mullet. I'd like to thank everybody who uh, uh, listened to the first one and then gave me feedback, uh, at least the positive feedback, the ones that gave me negative or constructive feedback. Y'all can go to hell. Um, so... There's that. But otherwise, I'd, I'd say it's been a pretty uh, successful reception. So I've uh, signed on to at least do three of these podcasts. Um, Pearl will be with me uh, on each one of them because uh, she seems to be uh, the media's darling right now. And they all like her and her sass. So she's going to be sticking Hear the around. jealousy in his voice. <laughs> There's no jealousy in you my You can't voice. believe anybody would actually like me. Yep. All right. So anyway, um, coming up later, we have... Um, uh, my boy Garrett from Don't Sleep, uh, amazing, amazing band, amazing, amazing gentleman. I got the time to speak with him. It's a long interview, guys. It's 40 minutes, and that's after I cut it down just because we had so much to talk about. Uh, just two bros broing down, doing bro things. Um, so uh, I'll play that one here in a little bit. Um, but I wanted to uh, talk about something that I missed last week real quick. Uh, one of the questions that somebody wanted me to, uh, somebody, when I put out the thing on Instagram, like, y'all ask me questions and I answer them. I forgot to answer this one. Um, somebody asked me to explain the differences between MD and CT hardcore. Uh, and it reminded me of a story. Um, when I was a younger man, growing up in Maryland, there was this boy from West Virginia, and he'd come up and he'd, he'd come to my house. I lived in a trailer at the time, true story. And he'd knock on my door and be like, what's up, man? I want to talk about music with you. And I was like, I don't know who the hell you are. And he's like, oh, we have mutual friends. And he just like started hanging out. He ended up going to, uh, like, um, uh, Christmas dinner with us we'd all go to Chinese restaurant or whatever and he'd just like show up and tag along it was super weird um, but he, he really wanted to start a band and he was like 29 at the time and then so he got some dudes also in West Virginia and they were like 16 and he started a band with them and everything was cool but their parents were like why is this 29 year old dude trying to play in a hardcore band with these like 17 year old kids and eventually the band disbanded but before they did he kept showing up at my trailer, and he'd be like, yeah, man, I'm just, like, really into C- CT hardcore right now. It's, like, my thing. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I just kind of, like, backed away from it because I'm like, I know, like, two bands out of Connecticut, man. There's uh, what Hatebreed and um, uh, uh, what's that other band from Connecticut? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. What's that, what's that other band? Widespread Panic? I don't know, man, but this is a real interesting story. <laughs> look, I think it was Wide Awake. Anyway, well, actually, I guess Youth of the Day is from Connecticut, too. Anyway, look, here's the thing. He kept going, hey, man, I want to start a CT hardcore band. I'm just really into CT hardcore. And I was like, man, this dude's an idiot. So I just like, like every time he'd ask that, like, tell me about CT hardcore, I just like get on the other side of the room and I'd avoid him like a plague. Then one day he cornered me. He's like, hey, man, I want to ask you real quick. What's CT stand for? And I was like, dude, for real? Connecticut. You want to start a Connecticut hardcore band? You need to move your ass to Connecticut. And then that, that's the end of that story. Spencer Wang, breaking hearts since day one. What? <laughs> How? He probably em- embarrassed that poor, poor gentleman. How's that story come down to me breaking hearts? Well, yeah, could not. Yeah, you're right. I did make him. I don't know if I made him feel dumb or not, but um, he ended. Well, up- he probably feel dumb now. To- now that you got and told the whole internet. You know how, you know why we're not friends anymore? You know how, like, I got out of that situation? Because that dude was like a stage 12 clinger. I moved to California. I know how that goes. I, that's how I got out of that situation, is I moved to the other side of the country, and here we are. Hey, speaking of awkward situations, um, remember when I was in that band and we used to tour around the country and play music all over? Yes. Yeah. Um, this one time, I was out on, on playing a show, and I forget where I was, uh, this dude rolled up to me and he was joining the tour. His band was, I don't remember the band's name or that dude's name because I'm like horrible with that stuff. Um, he came up and he's like, what's up, man? My name's Steven. I'm going to be joining the tour for the like three days or whatever. What's your name? <clears throat> and I went to introduce myself, um, but I'm socially awkward. So I got weird and whatever. And like, he didn't like, he had his hands full of stuff or I had my hands full of stuff. So instead of shaking his hand, I put out like my fists, like the pound rocks. So I just said the word rocks. I'm like, you know, like, hey, nice to meet you, man. And I put my hand out and he didn't do anything with it. Like I was just sitting there like, like an idiot with my fist out. Cause he like had moved here from Germany or something. And he'd or never, that's just how you look most of the time. Okay. Look, so I had my fist out. Dude didn't know what to do with it. 
So I'm like, it, I'm instructing him. I'm like, rocks, man. You know, like pound them rocks. He's like, oh, cool, rocks. Cool. Nice to meet you, man. And then I was like, no, man, my name's not rocks. But I didn't say that out loud. I just said it in my internal monologue. Um, so for like three or four days, I had to avoid that dude because he kept calling me rocks. And then everybody in the band's like, what's that dude calling you? And I'm like, I won't talk about it. And then he would introduce me to people. He'd be like, hey, rocks, this is a singer in my band. And I'm like, damn it. My name is not rocks. And I had to pretend for three days that my name was rocks. And that's that story. Did you secretly like it, though? Did it make you feel tough? Like, I'm, cool? Like, I'm a cool guy. My name's Rock. I mean, kind of, yeah. Because, I mean, I never really... I had one nickname in, in school, and it was Twinkie. Um, so, yeah. Twinkie? Yeah. So, that's a true story, too. Every, just, that's a weird nickname for you, Spencer. Yeah, super weird. Here's the thing. Just a heads up for everybody. Every story I'm telling you is 100% real and factual. I don't know if y'all check my Instagram stories, but I had a story backed up from uh, my, my father, Wayne Wayne. Um, he backed up uh, the story uh, about Shane Brown from last podcast. So everything I'm telling you is 100% correct uh, and legit and factual. Um, I would not fabricate anything. Oh, speaking of not fabricating things, um, you will not believe uh, what Garrett from Don't Sleep told me yesterday. What did he tell you? Do you want to know? I mean, I think I'm supposed to say yes, so please enlighten. Look, seriously, he didn't want me to say nothing, but he told me that he would straight up leave his band right now to come play with me and tour. Can you believe that? I think maybe he just feel bad for you. What? Um, yeah. Maybe he just said that so, like, you could end on, like, a positive note. And, like, you could be like, oh, cool, I did so good on this podcast. I'm going to keep doing it. No one wants to bring you down. Yeah. You know what? Now now that I think about it. He, or maybe he just really want to play music with you. He's, like, a real charismatic dude, as you'll see in this interview. I think that dude might have, he might have pulled a mind trick on me to make me feel important. When I'm just. Mm. Piece like of- a musical Jedi. Yeah. Anyway, here's an interview with Garrett from Don't Sleep. I hope you like it. All right, man. I did this. Um, Y'all wanted somebody from Don't Sleep, and I put it out on the internet, and then the gods of hardcore came down to me, and they gave me one of the dudes from Don't Sleep. I'm going to talk to him. Buddy, what's your name? Tell everybody what you do and what instrument you play. My name's Garrett, and I play bass in Don't Sleep. Oh, man. Bass? Seriously? Was it like... Yeah. Was it like all the other cool instruments were taken, or was this like a Christmas gift? It was just one of those things where, you know, everyone else has a talent, and I'm just the guy people like to hang out with. So yeah, yeah, okay. I had to fill some role. It was either that or merch guy, so right. I made me play bass. Are you tall and lanky? Because those dudes, like, you know, the dude from Sum 41, probably one of the better bass players I've seen. He's real tall and lanky. <laughs> um, about 6'2", 190, so I guess it's somewhere in that, yeah. Nice, man. Well, um, that's that's badass. We should take pictures together because I'm 5'4", 200 pounds. So that would be a nice contrast. Um, <laughs> so, hey, for those who haven't heard of Don't Sleep, could you sum up the essence of your band in one word? One word, yeah. essence. I would say tradition. Okay. Like a pasta sauce or hardcore? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you, I only got one word there. So, no, I think... Uh, Hardcore, you know, traditional hardcore, um, sort of pulling together all the things we love about hardcore and putting it into one band. We have, we're old guys, so we had decades of uh, punk rock experience um, to, uh, and that gave, gave us the opportunity to put together all the sounds we like into one band. Here's a question. How old is too old to be playing punk rock and hardcore? I don't think it's ever too old, right? There's a number. I mean, these guys in their sixties, is there? there has I mean, to I be. think uh, I'll go with sixty-nine. All right. So okay. All right. Well, yeah, you kind of missed out because you could have taken a beating there from a demographic, but I don't think anyone listening to this is going to be sixty-nine. So, <laughs> all right, cool. Hey, um, you know, another thing I was thinking of the name "Don't Sleep." I'm sure there's like a really good story about how y'all came together with that name, but I was wondering more so about that band Civ. Where'd you think that name came from? The, the name Siv? Yeah, that band. No idea. I think it was just. A, I, I think actually Anthony Civarelli was named after the band Siv. Who's Anthony? Oh, you talk. Oh, the dude from Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in that yeah, band. I, I think. Well, I think the. I think Siv predated him, and then his parents just named him after the band. Right? 
I had no idea that dude was in that band. That's crazy, man. What do you do yeah, for man. a living? Are you a teacher? My teacher? Uh, I am I'm a real estate agent, actually. All right. Cool. We have two real estate agents in our band. Our drummer at Jim is, too. For real? Yeah. That's crazy. What did you want to be when you grew up? Like, when you was a kid, you're like, when I grew up, you're like, I'm going to, like, have nice clothes and sell houses? Or did you think something else? I definitely wanted to play in the NBA. Up uh, until about two years ago, actually. <laughs> hey, um, you know, another thing I was thinking, what's your favorite all-time band? Uh, do I only get one or can I get, like, Three. You can get a handful, but let me tell you something, man. Don't do like the stereotypical hardcore thing. Like, I want you to be real about these answers. <laughs> All right. I would say, uh, I mean, band slash musicians, I'm going to go with number one is going to be Elvis Costello. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number one A is going to be The Clash. Okay. And one B is going to be Fugazi. All right, man. It's not too bad. I mean, a little pretentious with the Fugazi thing, but I get it, man. They're good. <laughs> um, hey, here's a follow-up question to that question. If you could be in any band ever throughout time, what band would it have been? <sighs> I mean, I'm going to go with The Clash because I feel like that is a band that there were no, no boundaries. Yeah. And they, I mean, they, they have the, I mean... Historically, they have the coolest image and aesthetic yeah. and wrote like six or seven amazing albums. Yeah. So I'll go with The Clash. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I Plus, mean, I could have hung out with Joe Strummer and, and Mick Jones. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, I like The Clash. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's cooler bands you could have picked. Uh, I can name five of them right now. One, uh, uh, Danny Diablo, Lord Isaac, uh, Crown of Thorns, and Scarhead. There's four of them right there. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm joking about that. I'd too, love, I would love to have a hang. I would love to have, have a hang with Danny Diablo. Dude, you know how many crazy-ass stories you would get out of that hang? I know. I know. It would be nuts. Um, hey, speaking of nuts, if you guys could do a split 7-inch with any band, who would it be and why? Any current band? No, man, any band. I, so I don't want you naming out like some no-name hardcore band none of us have ever heard of. Like, if you could do any any band ever. It doesn't have to match styles at all, man. Uh, I would say, you know, as a band, I think a safe answer would be the jam because all right. we all love the jam. Yeah. Well, we all have a, a special place in our heart for that band. What's that song? The entertainment song? I mean, I even like the Style Council, Paul Weller's post jam band, which is not always a popular choice, but yeah. I think I heard the Style Council actually before I heard the jam, believe it or not. For real? Yeah, I became a fan of them before I even knew who the jam was. Hmm. I was a kid. That's weird, man. I had like an, I had a new wave older sister who turned me on to everything cool. She's still new wave or what? No, man, she sold out. No, she's the best, but I, she's not new wave. <laughs> Fair enough. She probably she's old wave. Like Sean Colvin now, Taylor Swift. <laughs> What's Sean Colvin sing? I don't even remember. Do you know who that dude know. is? I don't even know what. I don't even know what that is. It might be this crying shoulder. I know guy. Taylor Swift. Yeah. I don't know. Sean Colvin did something. Oh, I think he's the guy that did that song. Goes, it's like Nashville, but with a tan. And it's like, you have a red day. Some on a team and girl. Wrapped and bang. Rock it by, I think. You know what I'm talking about? Isn't, is that Eve Sex or something? <laughs> no, man. Like... That's, no, man. Eve Sex is badass, dude. They come with Isn't that thunder. 90s stuff? I don't know. I think it's early 2000s. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, but the answer for me, if you were to ask me who I'd do a 7-inch with, it'd be Smash Mouth. Yeah, tell me. Um. Uh, 100% Smash Mouth, and everyone thinks I'm kidding, and I'm not. I'm going to do an entire episode devoted to Smash Mouth and the genius of Greg Camp. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, wait, didn't you already put out a split 7-inch? I, I, I put out a 7-inch, but I didn't do it with Smash Mouth. I've done two 7-inches, but I was unfortunately had to so do it So you say myself. if you could do it with anyone, it would be them, but you already put out. I, I own one of your 7-inches. I know, because it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. It is amazing. It's one of the better things, I think, that came out that year, to be honest. <clears throat> I'm just lucky. I just sold on Discogs for $6,000. I'm sure you did. I hope you don't mind. I was, uh, I was just shocked that uh, that they said yes, because I actually got permission to do those songs, and I didn't think I was going to get permission. Oh, did you? Yeah, dude. Mike Judge told oh, me I no. could do it, and Isaac told me I could do it. I just straight up. I got, guys are, those guys are the best. I know. Yeah, of course they did. I, I got in touch with them through uh, uh, 
Instagram, and they were like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. I think they probably thought that I wouldn't actually do it. <laughs> so they're like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, they it. probably both get like 15 of those. You're the one who did. Yeah. So it was cool, man. I'm glad they said yes. Um, they, Have you gotten any feedback since it came out? From them? No. Uh, what, no. <laughs> no. I, I tried to give them a copy, but they wouldn't give me their address, um, probably for, for reasons. <laughs> they were like, we ain't giving you our address, dude. So like, uh, But if Judge comes back to the West Coast, I got an extra one hanging around for Mike Judge, and I'll just throw it at him. There you go. Um, there you go. But uh, yeah. Um, hey, speaking of albums, man, where the hell is your new record? That's a great question. Uh, it's almost done. We recorded probably two-thirds of it uh, at the end of last year and beginning of the year, probably like December through February. And we are going to do last handful of songs next week, actually. We're going back. We're going to Baltimore, actually. Oh, nice. And uh, we're going to record at Salad Days Studio with Brian McTiernan. Oh, yeah. Of um, Battery fame. Yep. And he's going to be engineering it, and um, Walter Schreifels is going to produce it. What? You yeah. know Walter, man? I'm going to get to know him. Look, man, I've been trying to holler at that dude for like 17 years. Like, he, he <laughs> liked one of my posts one time, so that's kind of cool. So I feel like we kind of know each other, but like, I'm trying to get in there and hang, like, hard. You guys are blood brothers. Like, like equals blood brothers. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. You're right. Um, <clears throat> That was the big question everybody had, is they wanted to know where that record was, and I said, well, I'll get to the bottom of it, but I need to make sure that there's nothing weird going on. It's still coming out on Victor, no, right? Got, absolutely, yeah. Tony's been great. Um, we uh, we had a, 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 oh, a lot of songs recorded, actually, before we signed with them, and then afterwards, we you know we kept writing, and, and uh, we had... I guess four or five songs left to record, so we're doing those next week. Nice. Probably going to throw in a cover for fun. But no, Tony's been great and totally supportive, and they've been really generous, and we're super excited. It should be out by the end of the year. Nice. Here's the thing. Why don't you ask this for Tony for me if he's being super generous. Find out if he, is he still selling a hot sauce through Victory, and if so, can I get some? <laughs> Do you remember when that was a thing, when everybody was selling hot uh, sauce for some reason? Wait, that's not a thing anymore? I don't know if it... You would know better than I do, man. You're connected. <laughs> I'll find out. Hey, when, when, eventually when we go to the uh, Victory headquarters, you know, if they're offering up any any free swag, I'm sure everyone else is going to want T-shirts and records and stuff. I'm going straight for the hot sauce. Give me a hot sauce, man. I don't care about them T-shirts, man. Those logos are too big on those shirts, remember? <laughs> like, they're just massive. I still got a Snapcase shirt lying around here somewhere. Um, people it's a great have, band, man. That's number oh, one. That's when I heard about... I'm interested. I think we could be in the same way both Snapcase. I'm in. Oh, yeah. Love that band. Snapcase is amazing. That one song uh, that goes. That one. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Caboose. It's a great band. The song's amazing. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> that snare sound. That snare sound, right. though. It's just mind blowing. Yep. First time I heard that, I was like, that's exactly what I want my snare to sound like. And I played in a horrible punk rock band, and I tuned my snare up super high, and I would bust heads all the time. And then I found out that there's things <laughs> called piccolo snares, which I was completely unaware of. Um, so there you go. There you go, man. Hey, speaking of, you, y'all are from Pennsylvania, right? So you hold it down. Um, I got a question about one of uh, Pennsylvania's sons, Ira Henry. Um, you know my boy Ira? Yes. Look. How important is his role in the greater Harrisburg area in general, musically, politically, whatever you want to talk about? But I want to know how important this dude actually is, because he flexes hard on Instagram, and I believe it. I just want some proof. Tell you about my first interaction with Ira Henry. It was about maybe, I, I know him probably the shortest amount of, of anyone in the band. Mm-hmm. All the other guys go way back with him, but I, I, it was probably like eight or nine years ago, and I was at a Sheets yes. in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania. On the way to a show in D.C., actually. And uh, I'm standing in line. I look over, and there's a guy with an ice burn tattoo on his calf. Which I thought, oh, you know, ice burn must have just, like, it's like that ignition symbol, oh, you know? Right, it's right, like yeah. that's yeah. actually some sort of, like, a Tibetan symbol or something. Yeah. So I thought, it, you know, ice burn just, like, aped some ancient symbol. And I was like, hey, man, um, that doesn't happen to be an ice burn tattoo, is it? He said, Yeah. And I was like, that is crazy. 
random because I actually had a label back in the early nineties. We, we put out a nice print. Oh wait, what label and, was um, uh, it was called Art Monk Construction. All oh, right, we'll get back to that. And I'm sorry, go on about Ira and his legacy. So anyway, I was like, hey man, what, you know, that's cool. And we started talking and that was Ira. And then like five years later, I meet him at a show. And I really, because I, I saw the tattoo again. And I was like, oh shit, that's the guy with the ice cream tattoo. But no, Ira's the best. He's the best. He, he reps Central PA hard. All right, cool. I never met him. I'm trying to get a split seven inch with him. Trying, you know, to like, and we're just trying to work out the details where we're going to meet up, fly out, and do this and whatever. But um, I just wanted to just get some kind of like verification that dude was on point. And that's all. So I appreciate that. And by the way, does he have the coolest name in the world or what? Yeah, Ira and, Henry. and facial hair too. So yes. Yeah, he's got strong. His facial hair game is strong. Yeah, very much Thick. so. <laughs> yes, he looks like a man. How old is that dude? I'm gonna guess he's probably. Seven sixty nine. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's a question for you before we get into all the things that you did when you were a younger man. Who's the toughest dude in your group, and has he done any time? And now the reason I ask this is because I have a lot of listeners that are either serving time or getting ready to go back into the joint because they miss their boys or whatever. So if you were to put one dude in a fight, would it be would it be Tony Bavaria? Name wise, I think he's the right. toughest. I gotta come correct. I, I, Tom McGrath is probably would probably do the most damage in a fight. I'm going to guess. Who? The our our second guitar, our first swell, our one guitarist, Tom McGrath, mm-hmm. would do a lot of damage. Okay. Because he's been working in bars for probably fifteen or twenty years, so he knows how to handle himself. Yeah, he's had to, I'm sure, break up a lot of fights and do some damage. So, plus, he looks the toughest out of everybody. Okay, cool. Is he the one that does all them crazy solos? He's a solo guy, yeah. He's nice. a solo guy. Nice. Here's a question He's a virtuoso. So when you guys start out, and I don't want to go too far into this because everyone's already talked about the history of Don't Sleep and how y'all got together or whatever, but is he the, whenever y'all are like, hey, uh, we're going to be your backing band, we're going to play Dagnasty songs, was he the dude that was like, look, we'll do it, I can do all the solos, and was it based around his talent level or what? I mean, someone's got to be Brian Baker, right? No one can be Brian Baker. That's my point. But what I'm exactly. saying, if that dude can play those songs, that's incredible. Yeah. If not for, for Tom McGrath, we would have never done done those songs. No way. Fair enough. But that's the only... I mean, when, when I when I first hit up Dave about doing some songs with him, I said, we have a guitarist who can handle... Who can, who can do a... You know, no one's Brian Baker, but he right. can do like a reasonable facsimile of some Brian Baker solos. Yeah. And because Tom's great, I mean, he's he is a he is a virtuoso guitarist. He's amazing. We saw Dag Nasty play um, with Sean Brown like a year ago. Me and my wife, <clears throat> excuse me, and I was like, uh, main reason I went is like, dude, I want to see Brian Baker play guitar. And I was like, this is amazing. And my whole the whole time, my wife was like, get me the hell out of here. Um, so it goes <laughs> one way or another. Pearl, yeah, dude. Pearl's was, not a Dag fan. No, no, she isn't. She's a dag fan with dave um but she was not a dag fan when it was like super loud solos she cannot stand guitar solos for the life of her she hates them come and on it, pearl who does like a good guitar solo what, she like i will it. say sean brown is maybe one of my top five favorite hardcore singers yeah. of all time yeah dude's good I mean, swizz is like swizz is maybe top three yeah hardcore bands for me of all time Dude's good. I don't want to have any conversations about who I like better in Dag Nasty because like, I'm going to be super biased on the whole Dave thing. I don't want to talk about him because I don't want to sound like a creep. But this one time I saw Down by Law uh, a year ago, and it was the first time I've ever gotten to see them in my freaking 39 years on the earth. I finally got to see them. And I fanboyed so hard. There was like eight people in the room, and I was up front singing. And <clears throat> I looked down, and I had on a Don't Sleep shirt, and then I had on an All pen, and then I had on a Don't Sleep pen. And I was like, I'm a tool bag right now. And then the show was over, and I was milling around outside getting ready to leave, and Dave looked over, and he was talking to somebody. I think he was kind of like, hey, man, what's up? You know, thanks for, like, singing along. He didn't say that, but mentally I could feel that. And I was like, I better walk away real quick, and I did. And I never looked back. You know, back. it's funny you mentioned that, because he, he after that show, I said, uh, I, I knew you at that show, because mm-hmm. I saw you posted something about it on social media, and I, and I said, hey, you must have met Spencer Wayne at the show. And he's like, um, no. Yeah. And he knows who you are, obviously. And I yeah. said, but he was at the show and he said, I didn't meet him. And I said, he didn't come up and talk to you. And he said, no, he didn't. So I, I just thought, you know, you were 
Tired. Or maybe I thought Pearl, Pearl was dragged out in the middle nah, of the dude, show. Nah, dude, here's the thing, man. I don't want to come off like a creep. Like, how, I didn't know how to approach that, dude. I want to be like, hey, man, uh, I'm on the internet, and I'm at the end of your video. You probably have nothing to do with that, but um, <laughs> I don't want to come off like a weirdo, man. What makes you think that? <laughs> but if I uh, if, if they come back out west again, because I, I doubt you guys will ever come here, because you kind of made that clear uh, that you will never come out here, um, but went down by law. Come does, on, man. We I, can't wait that. We, can, we can't wait to get out west. Look, well, well, either way, I, next time I see David, I'm going to roll up to him and be like, what's up, man? And I'm just going to lay it down. I'm be like, bro to bro. And then I'm going to have the longest conversation that he never wanted to have in, in his entire life. <clears throat> He's one of the sweetest, most generous yeah. uh, post-show uh, fanboy yeah. accommodating singers will ever meet. Good. Best. I'll bring my entire record collection so we can go through the liner notes together. Hey, <laughs> speaking of uh, you and being a young man... I saw on Instagram earlier that you were in the Peace Corps. Is that correct? Yes, I was in the Peace Corps. Did it work? Uh, no. Right. No, it failed miserably. I'm still playing in bands. Right. That was my opportunity. I was like, I got to get, I got to check out of this band thing before I, you know, before I'm 47 years old and still playing in punk bands. So I'm going to leave the country and do something totally different. And I'm still, still here. It didn't work. It I was more sick. so wondering if, like, the Peace thing worked. Did you solve it or no? What do you think? I mean, maybe. Depends. I will say, I will say, I was in Poland, and and after my three years there, they, they shut, they did shut down the program. So I don't know what that means. That you probably nailed it, dude. <laughs> you did Either that or we failed miserably. One or the other. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, I do have um. Actually, before I get into internet questions, I did want to ask you. So the Art Monk construction thing, I read something about this a long time ago. And let me tell it. Let me know if I have the history straight. So you did that label, and then y'all did something called Young Americans or whatever. And then didn't your label get turned into um, Lumberjack or something? So you got different facts there, uh, kind of mixed up. Well, close. I do, man. You got what I do. good facts. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so Eric, this guy Eric Arister and I started a label in the. Um, Probably '92. He played drums in Wind of Change, which was like a early, you know, late '80s kind of youth crew band in um, yeah. Arizona. And he moved out to Pennsylvania, where I lived, to State College. Mm -hmm. And we started a label together called Art Monk Construction. And the first record we put out was a split between Hoover and Lincoln, and it was like it, we sold a lot of those records, and it was. A, I just put this together. Really amazing. We talk about Art Monk like from the Redskins. Yeah. Okay. I just put that together, man. <laughs> man, I'm quick. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What do you think about that? I mean, are you a Skins fan? Well, I mean, I mean, as a kid, yes. Growing up in the area, you kind of have to be. But Art Monk was always the man. Exactly. So we named the label after him. Nice. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. So then we put out like an Ice Burn record. We put out. Couple of kerosene 454 records, put out a karate and crown hate ruin split record, which was great. And then I left for the Peace Corps, nice. and Eric kept it going. And and then he turned that into Lumberjack. Now he has the only he has a, a record pressing plant in Virginia. What? It's the only domestic record pressing vinyl record pressing plant in the country. That dude probably owns a boat, doesn't he? He does all right for himself, I gotta say. Yeah, but does he own a boat? <laughs> you know what? He paddleboards. All right, cool enough. The mo most of his social media is of him paddleboarding. He's in phenomenal shape. The guy's age since back then because he's doing a lot of paddleboarding, apparently. He probably got a lifted truck, too, though, right? <laughs> First thing you do when you get money, bro, get yourself a boat, get a lifted truck. That's what you do. Someone has to. Hey, so now, uh, internet questions. <clears throat> some Man, some of these dudes ask some real uh, deep questions. Some other dudes ask some really creep questions. I'm keeping the creep questions away from you. I'm kind of like the gatekeeper here. Um, first question is, how do you feel that the internet has changed music as a whole? That's deep. It's been um, answered a hundred times, man. I know, but it's you, yeah, were there, you were there pre, and you're here now. So, yeah. Yeah, at the age of 69, I've seen it all, right? Um, no, I mean, as a fan of music, it's amazing because every single piece of music you could ever dream of is accessible to you. Yep. As a musician who is 
not necessarily trying to make a living doing it. I also think it's great because people can hear it and it's easy to share it and easy to connect with people. But, you know, people, you know, the days of people making a living off of recording music are long gone, I feel like. So it's tough for the musicians that I respect who are trying to make a living. It's, 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 you know, it's tough. Anytime, there? Yeah, no, I mean, anytime anyone ever asks me, they say, um, <clears throat> man, where's my train of thought? Hold on, let me get my brain back real quick. How's internet chain of music? Um, we're talking about, I start thinking about other bands. Um, you said it was tough. Man, hold on. I'll get there. Give me a second. I'm old, man. I got a lot of data to process. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, right, man. Hold on. Oh, I'll circle back to that one. So, uh, someone else had another question. I'm sure that you love these questions about your band name. They said, "Don't sleep." Is that a demand or a question? <laughs> Listen, this is a band that takes grammar very seriously. I mean, Dave Smalley has a lot of degrees. Yeah, he's a very highly highly educated man. There would definitely be a question mark after it if it were a question. Fair enough. There's your answer, people. Now back the F up. Oh, here's my, my thing that I was going to rattle off when asked about if internet changed things for, for music as a whole. Here's my thing. Everyone always asks me what new band I'm listening to, and I'm like, none. Because there's like 400 bands that I didn't have the money to buy their CDs when I was in school, like looking through Thrasher magazines. Instead of wasting yeah. $20, I now get to go listen to it for free. So I'm still backpedaling in the 70s and 80s, so that's why... If y'all want to talk about new bands, everyone's trying to pitch these new bands on me. I'm like, y'all need to back up and get in line because I got like two more decades to get through. I know, seriously, and but you know what I miss about when you said that the, when you mentioned the Gatekeeper earlier, mm-hmm. what I miss is I used to go to this record store in my town called the Record Outlet. Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, creative name. It was called the Record Outlet. Yeah. And the guy who owned it was Jack Sierra, and. I'd go in, you know, on, on a Saturday, I'd take my, I'd save up my um, allowance money, and I'd go in on a Saturday, and I'd say, what do you have, like, what's cool? And he just, he knew what was cool, and he would be like, hey, this is this band who's going to do, you should check out their record. Yeah. Or he'd be like, hey, uh, have you heard this label Discord? This is a band called Dag Nasty, you should check it out. Like, that, that he was the tastemaker, right, and right. they're, they're, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, if you, certain trusted blogs you can read and sure. can hear stuff. But, like, he that's how I discovered so much music. Yeah. And I feel like you don't have everything, most of the things on the Internet are, you know, it's prom- most everything on the Internet is promoting something. Yeah. So there's no real sort of objective, um, you know, sort of uh, purveyor of good musical taste. Yeah, 100%, that's what I meant. man. Yeah, I completely agree. You know what I found out that was weird? And this might get cut out, but you know uh, Skip, is it Skip Goff or Skip Groff from the whole... Skip Groff. So yeah, Skip Groff. I didn't understand, I didn't know this, but when I was younger, I went into Yesterday and Today Records, right? That's his record store, right? Yeah, Y&T. I bought a Y&T, record yeah. there. I had no idea that that was the same dude. And then I was reading something like three months ago, and I put it all together, and it was like one of those moments where like you... Like you're in a field and then you get sucked back into a chair and you start having all these memories. That happened to me. And I was like, mother effer. That dude was on a minor yeah. threat record. And such like an amazing, you know, friendly talk about like, the, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like certain record stores you go in and people were super intimidating and like look down their nose at you because yeah. you were like 13 or whatever. And just you ever go to cool Reptilian Records were, like, in Baltimore? Mm, I don't think I've ever been there now. That's what that place was. I'm sorry. Continue. There's a new, uh, have you been to Celebrated Summer in Baltimore? No, nah, man, I try to stay as far away from there as possible. <laughs> That's a cool store, then the guy who owns it's a cool guy. Yeah, they're out there, man. Um, I just remember being a young, young uh, punk in there and uh, hanging out, going to Reptilian Records down at Fells Point, and these dudes were just not cool at all. Um, so, yeah, they just like looked down their nose at you and they're yep. like, dude, I'm here. Like, the fact that I'm here means. Right. Yeah. I think the first vinyl I bought um, was at this record store in our local mall, and I just bought it because it looked cool. Um, it was a picture disc of African Bambata and the Soul Sonic Force running into funk. That was the first vinyl I bought. I was like in fifth grade, and literally it just looked so cool on the wall. I had no idea what it was. Yep. I didn't know what rap was. I put it on, and I was like, what the f***? It blew me away, and then I was like, 
All right, I'm in. I'm all in on rap. <laughs> Whatever this is. Yeah, yeah my, uh, my first one was Beatles. Um, it was um, Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields Forever. It was a uh, red vinyl. Still have it. Um, that's the first record. Oh. Yeah. Red vinyl. That's the thing. That's why, like, I think our, our 12 inch that on um, Unity Worldwide, mm-hmm. there were like. I think there's been like 12 different pressings of yeah. that in different colors. It's people so. love, there are people who, there are people who bought every single color of that. And there's something about like, just trying, you know, that it's cool just to yeah. collect the different colors and it's exciting. It's cool. So man. I'm all in the on money. vinyl. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, it's some people get ridiculous on that stuff. Um, trying to get every single press and I just kind of get in and get out. So here, somebody else had a real question. <clears throat> you don't have to yeah, answer man. all questions, but it, or it, he, the question is, what are five steps to keep up positivity in a seemingly nonstop bad world? You don't need five steps, but if you got at least one. <laughs> oh man, that's a great question. Five steps. I think like, uh, so I had this roommate when I was in college, his name was Arturo, and he said he always gave everyone two chances. Because I was complaining about how someone was a, just a, a creep. Who We had some run-in with someone one night, and I was like, I'm in the guy sucks. And he's like, you know what? He may have just been having a bad day. I always give everyone two chances. And like, if you do that, because if you think about it, like half of your aggravation in life or even more is just people around you who... who to bring you down but yeah. if, if you give people two chances then you know that's it, it can be it, it can help it makes you less aggravated yeah. so I, i'll go with that i'll start with that i don't know man i was expecting something way dumber than that that was actually pretty smart <laughs> so <laughs> now i don't have five though I, I gotta stop at one it was not a knock at you but that's like a pretty loaded question i mean it's got to take a lot of thought and you kind of came at that you good at interviews let me let me backtrack like job interviews you kind of nail those don't you uh, I haven't had a job interview in a long time, but I, I do all right. I yeah. think so. I think that's why I got. I think that's why I got nominated to do this interview. Yeah. Let me go with I, that. Yeah, I had uh, I had a job interview like three years ago for a management position at the company that I worked at, and then it sunk like the Titanic, bro. Um, you asked me a question. What did you do? I was like, well, uh, well, well, one time, uh, and I just go around in circles, man. I start helicoptering. Helicopter, helicopter. Yeah, it was not good. Did you start talking about punk rock in, in your interview? <clears throat> no, man, I did not. I was trying to say all the things that you're supposed to say, and that's not who I am because I'm not a company man. <laughs> and then it just went sideways real quick. Um, so I, I have a I have a daughter who has a job interview uh, tomorrow. She's a senior in high school. She has a job interview at Target on Friday. Yeah, she's excited because I paid thirteen bucks an hour. She's very excited. Yeah. So I said, uh, I just have one piece of advice. And she said, What's that? And I said. When you go in there, don't talk to the interviewer like you talk to your boyfriend. Because mm-hmm. she gets all like, you know, mumbly and like yeah. mumble rappy and stuff. Yeah. And I said, just like talk as if you're talking to uh, like you're giving a speech in class or something. Yeah. And she looked at me and she's a punk rocker, by the way, big time. Yeah. Super into hardcore. She's into much cooler music than I am. I'm Super sure. Into, well, it's not saying much, but. <laughs> All I do is listen to Power Pop, and then everyone thinks that I'm kidding, and I'm not at all. Um, if you think I'm joking, go to powerpopaholic.com. Check out all the newest. I've seen your, your Yacht Rock post. I've seen your Yacht Rock post. Oh, oh, what's yeah. that band called, the Yacht Rockers? Oh, they're called uh, Yachtly Crew, man, holding it down. Southern California is number one uh, soft rock band, <laughs> cover band. Dude, 20 years ago, if you would have told me I'd go pay to see a cover band, I would have laughed at you. But when I saw these dudes, I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. So here's a question for you. What is the quintessential Yacht Rock song? Um, What's that song? Oh, is that Africa I'm singing? That's Africa. Do you mean the Weezer version or the original? No, man. F Weezer, dude. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. I don't even think it'd be Africa. No. It probably it's probably Rich Girl. One of the it's probably a Hollow Notes song. I think would be my Ooh. jam. Yeah, oh, they're from Amazing. Mechanicsburg. Aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's from Mechanicsburg is um, Poison. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <clears throat> uh, Kix yeah. is the singer from Kix is from Cumberland, and uh, he started a band yeah. called Funny Money. And then I went and saw him play before I moved out to California, and. Um, it was funny because he got on stage <clears throat> and he did like this. What's up, everybody? I'm Steve Whiteman, 6'2", 140 pounds. Thank you very much. Yeah, <clears throat> Steve Whiteman, like, exactly. Dude, no one cares how tall you are and how much you weigh. What's wrong with you? <laughs> 
Wait, I led with that in this interview of how, how tall I am and how much I weigh. Yep, I guess you're right, man. <laughs> you just cried and burned me. Uh, hey, my first like real concert was uh, in Harrisburg on City Island, ZZ Top. This was 1983. Nice. ZZ Top yeah. with Kicks opening. And I actually wanted, for me, I was going to see a Kicks concert. Really? And ZZ Top happened to be playing after them. Yeah. Man. I love kids. Yeah, ZZ Top's amazing. I mean, they are what they are, but mu- mu- musically, like musicianship, those dudes are nuts. Oh, no, I end up loving ZZ Top, but like, got to see Kicks. Yeah, but did you and ever this see... This is right the- after they won the MTV Basement Tapes, so that was a big deal. Yeah, but did you ever see ZZ Top in uh, Back to the Future 3? That's all. <laughs> um, somebody had another question about the band. It said, did Dave Smalley put flyers on telephone poles on the East Coast titled Looking for Backing Band? <laughs> just all up and down the east coast uh i'm gonna guess i'm gonna go with a yes on that yeah this sounds about smally it. loves the smally loves the traditional forms of communication so i can see him putting up flyers you yeah. think he talks yeah, he doesn't need us man it's true um if uh yeah if it was anyone else in the band i'd be like no nah, man you guys he you need he needs you just as much but you're talking about dave smally so you're right he, he does yeah, he's like the greatest hardcore singer of all time right. you guys exactly amazing um, does he still talk? Do you remember the first time you heard "Can I Say"? Yeah, I do. It was. What did you think of it? I was like, I had no idea this existed. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I listened. I was big on "Down by Law," and I was big on "All." Oh. And then I heard "That wow, Nasty," okay. and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then I heard "Dois," and I said, "No, I'm cool on that." And then I went back to "Dag Nasty," and I'm like, "This is amazing." <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. Dag Nasty changed my life, man. That that record, uh, can I say, and then uh, Gorilla Biscuits, when those two albums put together, I was like, oh, wait, you can do hardcore different than what I was like. Because I was like, this was like 90, well, you, you remember 95 in Pennsylvania. It was all coming correct, mm-hmm. and it was all like no compromise, bands like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just yeah. Like super tough bands. And I was like, this doesn't really fit me as a person. Um, and when I heard that stuff, I was like, my, my life is changing. And I think I heard that stuff in like 93 or something, and everything was just world just changed in that moment yeah man i remember the first time i heard it i was like i had no idea i had no idea you could do that right. i mean i had no idea you're allowed to like 100 harmonize and, yep. and that was like when it first you know i probably heard it about when it came out like 86 or 87 yep. and i was like i didn't know this was allowed because i knew minor threat and i yep. knew bad brains and black flag and i heard that and i was like wow i love because I love all kinds of music. I love, and I love, you know, I love melodious music, and that blew me away. Plus, I had to like pull up a dictionary and be like, look up what the meaning of the word shirk. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't happen often in a punk rock record where you have to like yeah. pull out a dictionary. I got another question for you. Um, somebody wanted to ask this question, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and field it for you. They said, "Why can't they sleep?" That question came from Evan Schmidt. He's trying to be smart saying like your band's called don't sleep why can't they sleep let me say this do you know what it's like to suffer from insomnia because my wife does and it's no laughing matter so you need to think before you come up here and disrespect people visit the sleepfoundation.org if you or a loved one is stricken with this horrible disease how about that evan say no joke this is a gift that was a nice plug there but is this like late night radio where they where they do all the ads for the like the nonprofits, which is basically like the radio stations just getting a bunch of write offs I mean, because they can't yeah. sell ads at that at that time of night? Is yeah. that what that was right there? Yeah, we pretty much do whatever we want here, man. It's the internet. <clears throat> oh, so I have one more official question for you. Um, this is a uh, something yeah, that I've been riding out. Um, let me get my guitar real quick. <clears throat> Hold on. This is a we're we're gauging everyone's street cred. Uh, so I play a riff of a song. You tell me who the band is. It's only one song. Oh, no. It's one riff. If you don't oh, know no. the song, especially since we've what we've talked about, if you don't know this riff, then um, you're immediately kicked off the podcast. Here it comes. Oh no! Oh, hold on, let me turn real quick. Hold hold on. All right. I don't know how to play the rest of it. Just give you one more time. I mean, come on. <laughs> the thing is, so so I got to tell you, my reaction to hearing that quicksand seven inch was like the same as when I heard that. Can I say? I was yeah. like, wow, you can do this. Yep. I didn't even know you were allowed to do this because I love like James Addiction and 
It's like, I didn't even know you were allowed to do this. Yeah. It's that, that, I mean, that band, like, invented a sound, I feel like. Yeah, they broke the rules, man. They, they were like, whatever, dude, middle finger. Dude still does, man. Walking Concert was amazing. Rival Schools, obviously, is amazing. Uh, Dead love Heavens, Rival Schools. Uh, I love Dead Heavens, too. Um, I don't think a lot of people got down with them. But, uh, yeah, dude, everything that dude touches is gold for the most part. He's He has, uh, he has like, he has the best taste. Yeah. I mean, he pulls, he, and he just creates, create sounds. I, I remember the moment when I heard, did you ever hear, have you heard the demo, the um, Start Today demo with him singing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walter sings the hits. And uh, I was like, wow, Walter, this was, this record was all, I had no idea. I was, this record was all Walter. Yeah. Dude's amazing. And, that's what I'm saying, man. When you hook up with him, man, put in a word for me. Tell him I'm looking to do a little something on the side. You know, I'm real busy. By the way, he has incredible hair too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's got a nice full head of hair. 100. percent That dude keeps it 100 on all fronts. And you know, on this record thing, um, is it coming out on vinyl? Do you know, or is it just going to be CDs? Or because nobody wants CDs, man. Especially cassette, dude. Don't let them do cassette to you. It's dumb. <laughs> How about like a single? Yeah, I mean, if it's a maxi single or something, maybe sure. <laughs> It's coming out just on LaserDisc, actually. All right, cool. Well, I'm sure there's some freaking 19-year-old kids out there with stonewashed denim jackets that probably think that LaserDiscs <laughs> isn't a big thing. But As far as I know, it will absolutely come out on vinyl. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm in. I mean, I'll buy it. I don't know. I hope they do something cool. I hope they, I hope they have some kind of cool color. I like the... Yeah. Do, do you have the 12-inch that Unity Worldwide... Or twelve inch. Yeah, I have like I have that twelve inch. I have the seven inch, and I have like fifteen shirts. So yeah, <laughs> I know you do have a lot of shirts. Look, have shirts I don't know. It um, fit well, and I, was I like, love that the etching. <laughs> oh, on the on the twelve inch, yeah, that was badass. Yeah, that was so cool. I, I haven't seen a lot of, a lot of that. That was um, yeah, that was a label's idea. That was a great idea because we had just one side worth of songs. So rather than spread it out over two sides, they said, let's do a cool etching. So shout out to Sven. He's a great guy, and he's doing amazing things with that label. Have you have you heard the new band Circles they're about to put out? No. I do know that one band Circles Storm with that one dude from Bold. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> Which one dude? I, Matt Warnke, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, they, their next release is uh, it's a French band called Circles, and they they sent, they are like Revolution Summer band. They sound amazing. Did you just say French people? Yes, I know. Can you vouch for them? I know. Yes, okay. we we we. All right. Well, I'll check it out. I'm not promising anything, but I'll let everybody know. I'll put. Oh wait, I think I do know this band. They the three piece band. I don't know how many pieces they are. But I, I, I listen to their demos. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shoot myself in the foot. I'll go ahead and listen to it, and then I'll give everyone a, a book report about how I feel about it. Because everyone knows how I feel about French people. It's not their fault. It's so let me ask let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let, let me flip this. Let me flip this. Let me <laughs> ask you a right. question. So, yeah. if in America, when you become rich, the first thing you do is buy a boat and, uh, and a truck. What do French people do as soon as they get rich? Chateau. In a bakery. <laughs> Did you say Chateau because that's the one word in French you know? <laughs> what are you trying to do to me, man? You know, I invite you on here. You know, try to help push your band or whatever, and then you would just come in here and insult me? <laughs> anyway, this has been the Spencer Wayne Podcast. Growing up with a mullet. I'd like to thank my boy Garrett from Don't Sleep coming on here, ripping the Mid-Atlantic, talking about his dreams and aspirations and destroying mine. Spencer, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. We're all big fans. And also, I want to say especially thank you for uh, making the cameo appearance at the end of our video. It actually, the video was, was you're the subject of our video, and we had to add some filler before it to yeah. uh, make it a full video. But thank you for supporting us and uh, for making that appearance in our video. And for we all think you are just a brilliant hilarious guy so we well, love you i appreciate it man i thank you so much for coming out here spending your time with me go out and buy the records as you can see uh he's a cool dude the rest of them are cool um go out and buy the record i'm repeating myself have a good night <laughs> good night well there it was 40 minutes of uh just a straight up bro fest me and garrett we're best friends now um, texting each other, just talking about love, life, poetry, all that stuff. 
Uh, Pearl, you weren't around for the original interview, so uh, what would you think about it hearing it now? The interview? Yeah. Comments, concerns? Um, I thought it was great. But? But I don't know why people got to be running their mouths about me. Whoa. Street beef alert. Hold on. Street beef. What happened? Well, it's like this. It's not that I don't like guitar solos. I just have, I don't know, an ear for things. I like the finer things. Like what? Um, Toby Keith? Jay Butler. Who the hell is Mike Jay- Drop. Oh, oh, Justin Butler. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought you were talking... I was, I was, I, never mind. I thought you were talking about he someone else. He can rip all day, and I'll just listen and listen. Justin, like, like angels. Yeah, Justin Butler, man. Um, Sun Valley Gun Club. If you don't know, go check it out. It'll melt your face apart. In a uh, good way. I guess. Hey, speaking of... There at the end, he was talking about how uh, his daughter had an um, interview at Target. I haven't heard back yet to find out whether or not she got that job, but... Um, after the interview, uh, I talked to his daughter for a couple minutes just to see how she's doing or whatever. Um, and I gave her some advice for her, uh, for her upcoming interview. Um, do you want to know what I told her? I don't know. What'd you tell her? Prison rules. You go into Target, you find the biggest dude in that building, and you straight up knock that dude out. You prove dominance. You assert yourself as soon as no, you get Spencer, in that. Spencer, you can't do that stuff anymore. I tried that once. I tried that a while ago, and it, it didn't go well. I can tell you right now, it, it, it that was bad advice. You can't punch people anymore if they did. Well, I mean, just to prove dominance, to assert yourself. Nah, times have changed. The workforce changed. When my dad was growing up, he it was like you go in there, you know, firm handshake, look the dude in the eye. And by the time I was coming up, it was you go in there and you knock out the biggest dude in the place. So what do you do now? Um, now you go in and you just kind of like try and blend in, you're quiet, but do do good job and try and stay out of the way. Nah, dude. Also, if you offer up, like, if you show, like, oh, I have skills, they'll take advantage of you real hard. They won't give you more money. They'll just, they'll just work you down. So the goal is go in, be average in the interview, and then when you get the job, be even more average. Yeah, I think so. All right, cool. Again, I'd like to thank Garrett um, for uh, wasting time with me and uh, doing that interview. I really appreciate it, man. Also, to your daughter, uh, let us know if she got that job or not so we can celebrate it here in her home and post it on Instagram because I'm really invested uh, in this young lady's future. Uh, Pearl, you got anything to say before we go? Not really. All right, cool. Hey, it's her birthday tomorrow. You know where we're going. We're styling and profiling. Western sizzling. Doing it right.